Now, we all remember uh, the images from last summer or during Christmas um, at Vancouver International Airport. Lost bags or piles of luggage on arrival, or how about waits that lasted hours because of poor weather or airlines not having enough staff? It was complete chaos at YVR. Now, with COVID in the rearview mirror, Canadians and British Columbians especially are desperate to travel. It's expected the pent-up desire to get away will result in even higher numbers of British Columbians traveling by air over the coming months. Joining me now to look at summer travel demand is Stephen Jones, who's the CEO of Flair Airlines. Stephen, thank you for joining us today. Oh, no problem. It's great to be here. Uh, what does the summer look like to a CEO of an airline? There's one thing as a customer, but uh, you know, there's a lot of organization that goes into a peak season like this, peak travel season. What are you seeing moving forward into the summer season? Yeah, there are two elements uh, of that for me. I think we've got the operational <clears throat> element and then the sales element. And so if I start first with the operation, mm-hmm. I think this summer is going to be fundamentally different and better than it was last summer. Last summer, the whole industry um, just was creaking and groaning as it was coming back from uh, COVID and you know, lack of experience resources and right across the chain. We've really shifted that at Flair, and I, I see that across the system um, as well. So our on-time performance uh, in April and May was the best that uh, we've seen in the Canadian industry, 82.1% on-time in May. Um, our completion factor, so the number of flights, that we've scheduled versus those that cancel. We're at 99.5% for the last um, 30 days. So so I think we're going into the summer operationally feeling um, very confident and strong about it, or at least the things that are under our control. Um, and then in terms of sales, then we're fortunate as a business that we get very good visibility on forward sales because people book travel in advance. Um, and again, it, I think it's going to be an absolute boomer of a summer in that... Um, we're at 90% full across our network in April, May, 90% in June, and I think we'll get to 92, 93% for July and August. So um, this looks like uh, the summer that we've all been waiting for. So will, will, will this summer be the first summer where you will potentially be able to get ahead of your, the COVID numbers? Oh, absolutely. So for Flair, that's um, kind of a different equation than maybe for uh, some of the established carriers. We were growing through COVID, so pre-COVID, um, at best, I think we had five or six aircraft. It was before my time with the airline. Um, by April of 2021, we had one aircraft flying. Um, this summer, we'll have 21 flying in the peak. And so we're way, way ahead of pre-COVID. Um, but I think as an industry, um, we'll be approaching the COVID, you know, the pre-COVID numbers. What, has, what did COVID do to the industry on a structural level that you think, uh, some may be positive, some may be negative, but... Are there structural or permanent changes that uh, COVID inflicted on the airline industry? Yeah, so across the the globe, it, it had a, a massive impact. I was um, in Europe at the beginning of COVID and came here sort of during late COVID. But um, airlines around the world um, firstly sat all their fleet on the ground and then they looked at the fleet and say, which of these are actually aircraft that we want to keep? And there are a lot of fleet retirements, so putting older aircraft out um, and then also um, across the board, there were staff that were laid off, um, whether it's you know, pilots and cabin crew, but also across the ground handlers, um, cats, uh, customs, all of those people that, um, and many of them didn't come back to the industry. And so 
there's been a, a refreshing both at a fleet level as people have ordered new fleet to backfill um, and also at a labour level as um, a lot of new people have come into the industry. So we've seen some real tightness and, and part of last year's issues is that they were lack of experienced people in the system. Um, we've seen strong demand for pilots and some very um, you know, high pilot salary increases uh, though as pilots have become more valuable in the, in the rebound. Um, but uh, fundamentally people like to travel and so the demand stuff is coming back. Business may be less so, um, which is less important for us as a leisure carrier, but people like to travel. They like a deal and they like to travel. So. So that's exactly where Flair's sweet spot is, is that pricing of leisure carrier. Uh, speak, to a little bit, speak to a little bit to the, just the challenges of a third airline. What I mean by that, you've got established airlines like Air Canada and WestJet in this domestic market. You have a Canada, a large country, but still a population that's quite small with 40 million people. Um, can this market sustain a third carrier and allow a third carrier like yours to continue to, continue to grow and expand? We're fundamentally different in our approach to the market, and so um, Canada previously, as you said, was dominated by the two big legacy carriers, um, and as a consequence, you know, quite high cost structures, quite high fares, and people just didn't travel as much. When it's eight hundred dollars to fly for you know here to Calgary, um, you know, fewer people are going to want to do that. Our model is to keep our costs low by being efficient and simple and giving customers choice. Um, and by keeping our costs low, we can offer low fares um, on a sustainable basis. And so we're creating new demand. And we often talk about our biggest competitor is the couch, you know, just getting people off their butts and getting out and seeing this beautiful country and seeing their friends and family. And so with stimulating demand. Uh, Stephen, in regards to expansion, in regards to your airline, I think you were quoted as saying you wanted to go from 20 planes to eventually get to 50 planes. What's the timeline for something like that? I would say 2027 is realistic. And um, for that, we call it F-50. That's Flair getting to 50 aircraft. And it's, it's just a reflection of the ambition that we have for the business. Uh, in regards to uh, so when you set up an airline, uh, how much of the focus is going to be domestic or the North American market, and how much of an emphasis would you place on more international travel, whether it be to Asia or to Europe? Oh, so Flair will never fly to Asia or Europe. Um, it's uh, you know really focused on the Canadian domestic market and then uh, the U.S., Mexico, Caribbean, and so um, it varies um, by season as well. In summer, we are 85 to 90% of our seats will be flying in the domestic Canadian market. Mm -hmm. And then come winter, um, well, the winter ahead of us, we'll have nearly 50% of our seats will fly down to warmer places. Mm -hmm. um, so whether that's US, Mexico, or Caribbean at this day. So, but, um, but no, we have no ambition to fly to Asia or, or Europe. Is that just because strategically, look, this is the market you want to grow in, you're going to f keep a laser eye focus on your strategy and focus on, as you say, North America and domestic. Uh, it just doesn't make sense, even though some of, some would argue that Asia and Europe would be a lot of lucrative markets there for you. Um, they may be lucrative markets, but I, I think to be successful um, as an airline and in business generally, you have to know what your sort of um, lane is, you know, pick a lane, stay in the lane. And 
our line is is price sensitive uh, leisure customers in Canada, oh. so to and from Canada domestically, and also we have a, um, a single aircraft type because that gives us um, nice simple uh, fleet. We don't have multiple fleet types with multiple spare parts, multiple training. Um, our aircraft fly out and back from a base every night, so they return to the same place. Um, and so the crews have to be able to get out and back on, on one crew duty. And so it's just about keeping it simple, keeping it focused. And um, there may be money to be made in other markets, but we'll leave that to uh, to the others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in regards to just operating out of Canadian airports, I'm curious. In the past, I've this been you know other carriers have talked about uh, landing fees uh, and uh, airlines being treated as cash cows uh, in regards to just the cost itself. And a lot of these bigger airlines, airports, sorry, you know, um, are uh, operated uh, as for-profit businesses or at least uh, uh, separate from government. Um, what would you like to see done in regards to spring greater competition in the airline industry moving forward, so people do have a lot of choice? Uh, when they do travel beyond just the, the big two and wanting to, you know, attract more smaller carriers that at least provide choice for Canadians? Yeah, so I think uh, airports have their part to play and, and they re- need to realise that not everyone wants the, you know, high sort of chrome and, and marble and, and everything in, in the buildings. Actually, we need a functional uh, and simple pathway through the airport with some basic uh, amenities, but um, I was yesterday in, in Kitchener-Waterloo where they were launching their new bag system and, and front-of-house bags, back-of-house bag screening, um, and it's a, it's a classic low-cost terminal, um, really well suited to our, our business. But at the same time, we operate, um, you know, most of our capacity uh, by numbers of flights would, would be out of Vancouver and um, Toronto Pearson, and we have great relationships with those two airports, but they are in many ways built for a, a different operation. I think everyone in the system has the obligation to keep their costs as efficient as possible because we see price elasticity. You know, prices go up, demand goes down. Um, Economics 101 actually was true. And so um, that's, you know, a dollar here, a dollar there doesn't seem to matter, but it actually hits demand. So mm-hmm. everyone's responsible for keeping costs efficient. It, there are a lot of uh, carriers around around the world. Uh, you see markets that are growing significantly, Asia being one, um, as the, the nations uh, on that continent continue to grow, whether it be China or India or Southeast Asia. Uh, there's different models in Europe as well and in the US, U.S. Are there one or two airlines you admire uh, that, I don't know, Flair models itself after, but you like their business model because they do try to keep it simple and make sure uh, consumers, number one, have a choice, but also keep costs down? Are there any airlines around the world that you admire and would you know, feel there's perhaps something you can learn from as, as a CEO for Flair? Yeah, absolutely. I think Ryanair, to me, is the gold standard. Um, you know, they've got more than 500 aircraft, um, and they operate like a Swiss watch. You know, they are absolutely the, the gold standard for me about keeping it simple, keep the costs low, keep the prices low. Uh, I worked for three years for Wizz Air, which is another very big and successful ultra-low-cost carrier in Europe. And again, very, very disciplined um, in sticking to the formula. Um, so I've got great admiration for them as well. 
in, in the US, you know, we see Frontier, we see Spirit is doing a great job. And there are others in, in Asia as well. So for us, it's the, the basic ULCC ultra low cost carrier formula, and just sticking to that. Can you do that in Canada with a large geographical footprint like ours, basically 40 million people spread over five time zones? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, every geography is different. Um, but, for example, at Wizir, um, the average length of flight was only slightly less than what it is for us here at Flair. Um, so everyone, every market is slightly nuanced, but... Um, Again, back to those things, what do people love? People love to travel and people love a deal. And so if you can actually offer that, um, then you know, your aircraft will be full. And uh, our flights, you know, 90% low factor in April, 90 in May, 90 in June. So it's, um, there's no problem attracting people. Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it and all the best to you this summer season.